what happens when you are dying. Where is the source going? Is there another realm beyond this one? Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Come with us as we answer this question. Yeah or nine? Join us as we freak out while searching for the truth, which will take us to the creepiest places of scaring you've ever seen in all of Germany. Because now is the time for... Geistjäger! Ja, und willkommen zu Geistjäger. Mein Name ist Panzer Schnitzel. Und ich bin Helmut Gerhard. Guten Tag, Panzer. Guten Tag, Helmut. Why don't you tell the audience where we are today? Yes, our unending search for that which is most terrifying and spooky has brought us to this ancient house of sickness. So many deaths resulting from ailments too horrific to name. Ailments such as tuberculosis, gingivitis... Scruffy. Unreichstagenmachenfiegenstrogenwaffel. That is the worst. I had an uncle who had that. Yeah, that was the one we were not going to name. We are show on the edge. We name all the illness. Before we enter this house of sickness, which was condemned and closed by the government for being too disgusting and freaky in 1997, let us go over the tools of our trade. Panzer! Yeah, we have the EM meter. Yeah, it's a good one. We have the infrared camera. Yes. We have the heat administrator. Yeah, we got that from the radio shocking. And I have a 1992 Sony Walkman. Sweet. This is the best device for EVP recordings. Yeah, also I use it when I go on to joggings. Yeah, it's very good for joggings or when you're at the fitness center. Yeah. So now is the time where we switch over to the green night visions that makes our eyes look like glowing to vampires and enter the building with the harness that makes the camera on my face. Shh! What was that? You heard that, right? Yeah, it was quite audible. There was some of the creakings and the hallway noising. Let us go exactly to the epicenter of the sound and investigate. Yeah, it came from right there. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, this is a load-bearing wall in the center of the structure using old wooden timbers. You can see how the humidity and change in air pressure as the sun sets and the temperature drops would force this wood to creak and bow. Watch as I reproduce the sound perfectly, having located and isolated the exact source of it. That is the exact sounds that I heard. Yeah, we found the source. Panzer. Geist or nine geist? Nine geist! <laughs> Wunderbar. We continue the exploration. Jaegers ein, geist null. As we move deeper into the building of spookiness, the terror increases within my chest. I am watching visibly as Panzer's knees knock together comically as though he were in a 70 cartoon about someone with a pet dog who solved mysteries. Yeah, and I am really hungry right now. I could really go for the seven-foot-long sandwich in. Nine, Panzer! The EM meter. It is spiking. Panzer, have you ever seen readings like this in your life and before? Nine, we haven't seen readings like this since I walked under that live wire conduit. Wait a moment. What is above your head? 
Well, it is some sort of ethereal, unknown spectral cylinder that. Oh. No, that's the conduit. That's a live wire. Yeah, it's a live wire conduit. Yeah, yeah. Helmut. Geist or Nein Geist? Nein Geist! We have expertly dispatched that notion. Now let us go up this most spooky and creaky of staircases to the second floor, where most of the hauntings have been reported as occurring to the people who are on that floor, which is also a psychiatric floor, and they were heavily medicated with psychotropic drugs. Of course, that couldn't possibly have had anything to do with what they saw, because that... Shut up. What is this on the infrared? I just saw a figure dot into that room. Schnellpanzer, we make the pursuit. Yeah. Panzer, look. The infrared clearly indicates the outline of a body in the room. But the room is completely empty. Yeah, there's nothing here except for that hobo. Make no sound. Do not disturb the fever dreams of the homeless. Everyone knows that their bodies do not produce heat. It could not possibly be from the hobo. I believe we have found what we are looking for, Panzer. And now I deploy the trap and we will capture the geist. And try. Ein, zwei, drei. What the hell? What the hell are you two crouch doing? She's at Helmut. Run, <laughs> Panzer! Schnell, schnell! We walk the hobo, but we did get proof that there is any disincarnate spirit in the building. Panzer! Geist. Oh, nein, Geist. Geist, Helmut. Geist. 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 So, join us next week when we are investigating the abandoned strip malls of Stuttgart. Yeah, don't forget to send to us all of your tales of spooky stories and ghosts that you are seeing. And we will see you next week. Nine hobos were injured in the filming of this episode. Guten Tag! Guten Tag! That was supposed to be a polka, but it turned out as the circus song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to Mixed Messages! <laughs> the sequel. The podcast yeah. all about telling you nothing. Yeah. I'm David Stecco. I'm David Flora. Hey, everybody. How are you? Hey, no. Hey. Hey. Seriously. But for cereal. How are you, man? Or woman? <laughs> Happy belated Valentine's. Yeah, Valentine's. Mm-hmm. This is Blurry Photos. Um, we're, we're nuts. We talk about weird stuff. And um, welcome. Yeah, we're, we're some Blurry Photos. We're nuts. I like that. <laughs> As you jot down the note. <laughs> blurry photos. Nuts. N-U-T-Z? Question mark? Under. Line. Register trademark. Scratch, 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 scratch. TM. We got a good show for you. Yes, we do. We, I mean, don't get us wrong. We're going to go through the usual, like, 
you know, hemming and hawing and, and blah, blah that we always do. But I want to tell everyone right off the bat, if you're someone who doesn't like truly spooky things and graphic depictions of violence and murder, then this is not the episode for you. And you might want to go and listen to last week over again <laughs> because shit. It's about to get, get real. It's <laughs> <laughs> about to get real. <laughs> no, uh, for real. Uh, our episode tonight is about a genuine unsolved and grisly murder with lots of terrifying, gross details. Yeah. Some people really aren't into that. Um, we like to dip our toes in spooky town sometimes. Right, right. Spooky town. Won't you take me to <laughs> spooky town? We swear it's going to get spooky. <laughs> um, so anyway. That's, we got to get a lot of this out of the way up front, too, yeah. because, you, you know, it's it's one of these stories, one of, one of these uh, uh, tales that we bring you that... <laughs> We kind of have to tiptoe just a little bit out of respect's sake. Yeah, this is a thing that really happened, and uh, it is a mystery. No one knows who done it, right? And um, and we're not we're not out to make fun of anything with it, but it's it's super spooky, <laughs> it's, and it's a, a heck of a a, a, t- a story. Um, you know, it kind of fits into the 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 the, the bucket of Diatlov Pass a little sure, bit. You sure, sure. We can throw it at Anjakuni Lake. Maybe. Yeah, there's some really there's a, a, some really interesting mysteries, but at the end of the day, it is all built around a horrible tragedy. So right. if that's something that skeeves you out, uh, go, go listen to uh, just Cahokia, come, you know, just spend, spend the time really donating to the podcast <laughs> instead of listening to this episode, just, you know, light some candles, maybe pour yourself a little glass of wine and just really donate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tonight we will be talking about Cahokia too. More Hokia. <laughs> the Hokiest. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about the Hinter Kaifek murders. Yeah. Boo. And we're going to tell you what happened at a small German farm on the night of March 31st, 19 and 22. We'll give you a little of the details about it and then some possible explanations, uh, motives, suspects, this and that. Him and Hall. <laughs> Flip and Florp. Uh, Floam and Gak. Wow. <laughs> nice Nickelodeon references so, there. Floam and Gak. 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 So, uh, strap in. Kiss the dog. <laughs> Light a candle. And wait for some spooky. I, I hope, you know what? Uh, what I want most out of this is at the end of it, people to go, dude, it wasn't that spooky. Yeah, it's true. We probably oversold it. Whatever. It, it's, Yeah. It's spooky in its in its horrificness, I guess. So maybe we are uh, overselling it a bit, but whatever. So let's just get to it. So the setting is a rural farmstead in the Bavarian countryside of Germany. Yep, located around seventy kilometers north of Munich, near Schrobenhausen, was a small village called Kaifek. It was a very unassuming village. You'd never give it a second thought. Drive right past it, probably. Surrounded by farmland and deep forest. And it was at this rural farm that one of the strangest, most perplexing, and bone-chilling crimes Germany had ever seen took place. Well, up to that point. Up to that point. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's why I said had ever seen. <laughs> Elephant in the room. 
You're an elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's hormonal. The farm belonged to the Gruber family. <laughs> this is this is another thing why I said we're we're really having to tiptoe because a lot of the details of the story are rife for what we do. Right, yeah, that it's it's hard. I mean, first of all, the the guy's name's Gruber, so yes, we would love to make fun of that. Yeah, we would love to do our Alan Rickmans. And by our I just mean yours, Flora. I don't just have an Alan my, Rickman. My very poor Alan Rickman. Wait, but. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to try it, though. Okay. Harry Potter, I grow tired of your incessant, mysterious investigations. Just kiss the girl and be done with it. Is that is that a good Alan Rickman? I'll, I'll take it. All right, it's the best I've got. <laughs> I don't know why he said that, but... <laughs> he wants to kiss the girl? <laughs> Who didn't? It was when he was in that, that scene... Um, and when when he was in the water and and like he was getting everybody to sing while Harry and that other girl were the mermaid were in the boat with Cho Chang, <clears throat> I, I don't know what what her name was, but he was with all the the pond animals and they were like shooting water and he was telling telling Harry to kiss the girl and, and everything. <laughs> yes, you remember that scene? Yeah, when Harry had polyjuiced into a, a Jamaican <laughs> lobster. No, dude. <laughs> That, that was Alan Rickman. Oh, right. Alan Rickman was the, the crab. You've got to kiss the girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do Alan Rickman anymore. Okay. See, we're, we're having to get everything out of the way. We really are. No, you know what? We're still going to just do what we do. Okay. It's not like we're pissing right. on graves here. Um, all right. So the farm belonged to the Gruber family, Andreas and Kazilia. Now, Henceforth, we're gonna we're gonna go with a Kazalia Junior Senior because there's their one of their their granddaughter mm-hmm. was also named Kazalia, so it gets a little confusing. Yeah. So Andreas and Kazalia were um, the owners of the farm. Their middle aged daughter Victoria lived with them, and so did her children Kazalia, the younger, and Joseph. Uh, Might have been Joseph. Could have been Joseph, which is a pretty cool name. Uh, younger Kazalia was seven. Uh, Yosef was two at yep. the time. The family was well off, but it was common knowledge that they weren't liked very much. Nope. Nobody liked him. Everybody hated him. In fact, worms. yeah, Andreas was described as sullen, uh, brutish, mm-hmm. and a bit of a loner. Yeah, I, I would say sullen and brutish. I mean, uh, they had more children than Victoria. He mm. beat them to death. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was also well known. Uh, he regularly beat his wife and uh, abused his children, and of the children, only Victoria was still alive at the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the sense that it was because he beat them to death. I well, like the in the few accounts I read, the the phrase that was used was only Victoria survived. Okay, so so I don't know. Could Maybe, go either way. Yeah, I guess. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Anyway, he was a total dick. Rumors also abounded about an incestual relationship between him and Victoria, mm-hmm. the worst of which claimed that two-year-old Yosef was his. Yeah. And I'd, and now in some accounts, this was listed, and I, and I think I saw it on one of the, the more formalized legal accounts of, of the, the whole incident, that it's at one point, they had both been jailed for incest. Crazy. 
that um, it was it was illegal at the time. Yeah, it happened, but it was was illegal. Yeah, and that's this is keep in mind this is very rural Germany. It's it's kind of out. So this did happen occasionally, but no one was okay with it. Um, but Victoria went to jail for a month, and Andreas went to jail for a year. Um, and again, I sometimes you know I uh, you, it's hard to know. I didn't ever see anything that said they didn't, but some accounts left that out entirely. Yeah. So I don't know if the absence means that it may or may not have happened. Hmm. It, it's hard because if you you know do a, a quick search on this, and it's as simple as typing in uh, Germany, uh, German unsolved murder, boom, that's all you're going to get is this <laughs> story because um, it's very famous there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to get a lot of accounts. A lot of people have studied this. Um, it is popular for for amateur you know crime stoppers to to go over this and see if they can find anything. So you'll see a lot of accounts of it. And so I don't know if those omissions are contradictory or they just didn't include that information. So it's tough yeah. to tell. And especially because in some of the stuff that I read, they made a point to say that record keeping wasn't the best. Yes. And and we'll come back to this, like that the, the overall institution of, of not only uh, police, but you're right, record keeping. I'll say it again. Very rural Germany. Yeah. Uh, Victoria had been married previously to a man named Carl Gabriel who had gone off to fight in World War I and had uh, died in battle, apparently. She was a very well-liked member of the Grubers and was said to have a beautiful voice and sang in the church choir. She'd also been seeing a local man, um, a neighbor by the name of Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Yeah, now that is a last name. He had claimed to be the father of Joseph, but that wasn't believed by everyone. There was still the rumor, you know, that Joseph was from Andreas floating around, and I think people were really leaning towards that as the truth. And the only other person on the farm at the time was a maid, and that's where the weird begins. Yeah, let's let's start with the first maid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, around October of 1921. The the maid that's working for them suddenly ends her employment. She said, I'm done. Uh, she she was too scared to continue working there and uh, wished to leave immediately because she claimed the farmhouse was haunted as she had been hearing strange voices, noises, and footsteps in the attic. Hmm. And apparently, the family just thought she was loony and... <laughs> They began to search for another maid. Yeah. And when she left, even the neighbors um, made note of her, her very drawn and sullen complexion. And, and they, they were also inclined to think, wow, this lady just kind of cracking up a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And during that winter, uh, young Kazilia had apparently complained of hearing footsteps in the attic as well. Uh, enough so to to be falling asleep at, at school because she had stayed up all night mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, though no one believed her. <laughs> they thought she was just like being a kid, I guess, you know, yeah. you know how they do. Uh, late in the winter, and this is now in 1922, Andreas was out on his farm following a snowstorm uh, after, after, you know, just checking things out after a snowstorm had hit when he found a set of footprints leading toward the farmhouse. 
coming out of the woods. Yeah, he followed them back and he found that they had come from the woods, but there was no trail that led back into the woods. Yeah, so one-way set of tracks, which is creepy enough. Sure. So he he got back to the house and uh, looked around, didn't see anything out of the ordinary, but not long after that, he heard footsteps in the attic. So what does Andreas do? He grabs a gun, Mm -hmm. he goes up into the attic. Nothing. Not a thing in the attic he could find. He uh, apparently then went to neighbors and asked them if they had any trouble, you know, anything out of the ordinary or, you know, anything to yeah. <laughs> help help the mystery that was in front of him there. Uh, they all said nine. Yep. Nine. And, nine. And Andreas had also continued. I mean, he, he got really into this. He was really diligently searching the farm because now he's got weird, creepy tracks. Mm-hmm. He's got noises in the attic. So he starts really looking around then. The set of house keys goes missing. Yeah. No one can find it. And now while he was searching for these, he noticed that the there's a padlock on his um, uh, tool shed. Mm-hmm. And he finds uh, a lot of, there's a lot of scratches as though around the keyhole, mm-hmm. as though someone had tried to pick the lock at some point. Yeah. And so he's, you know, the, all of this is really kind of starting to add up. There's a lot of weird things happening that just shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, why, well, like you would think- Oh, anyone can lose their keys. Keep in mind, these people didn't have cars. They weren't going places. Right. They, they, you know, there's no place for the keys to go. <laughs> yeah. They probably didn't even have couches for them to fall into. Oh, man. What a nightmare world. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world without couches, Flora. I just don't. That's the true horror. And uh, it was around this time also that this weird newspaper showed up on the porch. Yeah. And you know, I, I saw this in most of their accounts had the newspaper, but very little information about it. Only that yeah. it was, that it was foreign. Yeah. That they, it wasn't, wasn't from around the area. They couldn't understand it. Oh, it was that foreign. Yeah. I just got the, it, from what I read, I just got the sense that it was like from Dusseldorf or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, but you read that in it one, was, in one of the accounts. Just, yeah. That, that they couldn't understand it. Huh? Okay. Well, Sure. So yeah, mystery newspaper shows mystery up. Mystery newspaper. So so a lot of lot of weird stuff, but then nothing ever really came of that. Mm-hmm. Uh but but shortly after that, it was Friday the 31st of March, and uh the new maid named Maria Baumgartner arrived. Welcome arrived. Maria. Uh. <laughs> apparently apparently either didn't talk to the old maid or um right, yeah, didn't, had no didn't, fear of geist. Yeah, didn't yeah, did not um didn't didn't get down with the local lore. <laughs> just decided, hey, job's a job. What's the worst that could happen, yeah, right? She came from Dusseldorf <laughs> or Stuttgart. The strip malls of Stuttgart. <laughs> when they were thriving. <laughs> so uh uh she arrived on the thirty first, jumping ahead just a bit. On April fourth, people of the town started to get a little worried. Mm-hmm. Uh the mail was piling up. At the post office because it they didn't have a box or anything like that. The um, the school starts to get a little alarm because Kazalia is not little Kazalia Junior <laughs> is not showing up to classes. Yep, and, and she was really diligent. And Victoria hadn't been to church to sing. Also very diligent about. Yeah, about that. she she was uh, one of the things she was known for. In addition to her beauty, was that she was uh, an exceptionally good singer and and 
had a pretty like I don't know like prestigious spot in a mm-hmm. small village for mm-hmm. being on the church choir, and so that's not something she would have missed lightly. Right. Uh, a few folk went to the Gruber farm to check on them. Mm-hmm. Their calls were not answered. No one seemed to be in the house when they showed up there. So they checked the barn, and that's where they found a horrific scene. Andreas, Kazilia, Victoria, and the young Kazilia were found dead, stacked on top of each other under a door and some hay. Their blood pooled on the ground. Uh, A more extensive search in the house turned up the bodies of the maid, Maria, and the two-year-old, Joseph. All had gruesome head injuries. The, the, the truly like graphic details, we don't really need to get into on this, but it's important to know that they, they were all struck in the head mm-hmm. with what they believed to be a pickaxe, mm-hmm. uh, given the, the, the shape of the, the wounds and the severity. In particular, a mattock, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, and I, which and I've, heard just, it, I've heard it go both ways, but yeah. I've heard like mattock specifically or, or, or just a pickaxe. In some cases, there was like a triangular yeah. uh, puncture wound to the head. Uh, a mattock being just like a pickaxe, except half of the, the head of it is uh, flattened. Mm-hmm. It's sort of it's like a dual a, purpose tool. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a really heavy duty hoe for like thick, hard clay or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So all of them were uh, attacked in the head to varying degrees. Now, there's, there's a little bit of interesting variation on accounts on this because- uh, one account that I read said that whoever had done this was very was very accustomed to using a pickaxe or a mattock that they had a lot because each of these was one clean, sharp blow, mm-hmm. um, you know, expertly delivered, which is not at all true. Right. Um, because in the, the autopsy reports, none of these were a single strike. Um, in some cases that was, and you, you kind of get that feeling of, of a mental instability, a kind of a mania because like unnecessarily repetitive striking, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when it came to, uh, the older Kazalia and Victoria. Um, also there were some indications that while not the cause of death, but there was some strangulation, um, with the women. Yeah. So, you know, and that, I, I mean, I'm no forensic psychologist, but you know, you, you start to, to see like, Oh, well these, these were treated differently than the others. There seems to be a little bit more, heat there a little bit more there there could also um be argued a bit that there was a, a little as you put it heat uh, applied to andreas as well mm-hmm. just with the severity of of how badly his face was was mangled i guess yeah it was it was truly horrific and i feel bad for the people who had to go in there and find that yeah and so what they did is they they you know contacted the authorities um, and they, they and, sent out, uh, inspector George Ryan Gruber from the Munich, uh, police department mm-hmm. to investigate a lot of Grubers. Lot of, I was just going to say, this is a Gruber territory. And so, and this is kind of where things get, uh, kind of more interesting, but also start to fall apart because even, even coming from Munich, not the best investigational techniques, um, you know, the, there was little to no preservation of the, the crime scene. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, the um the people who went there to see it, the 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 investigators did not see a pristine crime scene mm-hmm. they the door was taken off the people the people were unstacked and sort yeah. of brought out a little bit 
and this this actually comes back into play just a little later too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, is, interestingly, yeah, there's there's, <laughs> there's yeah, there's the, for for one of the the theories in this whodunit mm-hmm. that becomes important, and so uh, you know they they took the samples that they could, they they did the best with what they had, and one interesting thing is that all of the bodies were then uh, decapitated mm-hmm. by the authorities to have the heads sent back to Munich for further study. Right. Up to and including clairvoyance. Yep. They, handling them. Yeah, they included clairvoyance to see if they could get any reading of what happened because there was so little information. Now, right. now is when things start to get very interesting, though, because as, as Flora said, you have the maid arriving on March 31st. It's not until April 4th that people start thinking, huh, maybe we should go check that out. Yeah. The investigators were able to determine that these people did die on Friday, May 31st. Right. The night. And yeah, that, and they, they summarize it to be the late evening because everyone with the exception of Victoria. And, and I think young Kazelia or, or maybe the, the mom Kazelia. Yeah. I, I think one of the Kazelias. Two, yeah. There was two people who were still dressed in regular clothes and everyone else was in their sleeping gowns and yeah. their, their evening clothes. Like they, they were ready to go to bed when this happened. If not already in bed. Yeah. And so the authorities determined, okay, well, it happened on this Friday night, but Flora, what happens next? Well, they determined that they were lured to the barn one Mm -hmm. by one, uh, possibly in the order Victoria, young Kazilia, Andreas, older Kazilia, and then from, from what they gather in, in, time of death, I, I guess, you know, putting it together as best they could, they figured that, uh, Joseph was killed next. And then Maria was killed last mm-hmm. in both of them in their beds, Joseph, maybe in a, in a crib, yep. uh, Maria in her bed. Yeah. And, and, and Joseph was struck hard enough that actually part of the crib was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that was the, you know, right. And they also determined a really terrible, <laughs> terrible, Thing, yeah. that the younger Kazelia had most likely stayed alive for a little while mm-hmm. uh, because they found tufts of her own hair in her fists. Yeah, she had actually pulled her hair out. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy doc. Um, now what, what the other things, once they started interviewing, um, you know, the people who lived around it. And keep in mind, this, this barn was, uh, this farm was at least a kilometer from the next person. Yeah. Um, but they had, they started interviewing the area and then as they went through the rest of the, they were looking for any clues they could find in the Couldn't rest of find the, 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 the farm, the murder weapon Mm-mm. that was nowhere, no tracks or anything. But the, um, other people in the area reported that they saw smoke coming from the chimney throughout the weekend. Yeah. The, and yeah, the, uh, the farm animals had been cared for. Someone yeah. had gone out and fed them. Even what's even weirder, a bed they determined had recently been slept in mm-hmm. and meals had been prepared and eaten in the house. In the intervening time. Which, yeah, you know, recently. So whoever had done this didn't just do it and, and scream out into the night. They stuck around, they for, stuck around. for days Plural. Another thing to mention, the bodies, all of them were covered somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, in the barn, they were covered with uh, a door, like I'm, I'm guessing a spare barn door or something, mm-hmm. and, and some hay. And inside, uh, Joseph was covered with 
one of Victoria's skirts and the maid was covered with a sheet. Mm-hmm. So in, in CSI land, uh, they would uh, deter from what I've read that, that kind of maybe leans it towards someone with some kind of conscious or, or moral. Right. Or, or maybe at least an emotional connection. I think a connection. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of other theories that, that had come up and then were summarily dismissed is that, um, you know, theft is a motive, right? Um, whoever did this stayed for days and didn't ransack the house. These, as we said, these were wealthy people and they had a little, a little, a yeah. little, little gold nesting. coins, jewelry. Yeah. And, and it seemed that they, I don't know how they, they know this, but they said that paper money had been taken from some of the bodies yeah, that like the maybe there was like a cleaned out wallet or something, but yeah the, yeah, the bodies themselves, the money had been taken from, and they said that you know these people they had a stash. It's not like it was sitting in the middle of the kitchen table, but, but it didn't, but wasn't hidden. It yeah. was like in a box under a bed. You know, if if someone was looking for it, they absolutely would have found it. All the investigators were like, yes, this this is not a question of them not finding it. Yeah, this is a question of them not looking for it. So robbery was ruled out. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, now's the time in Sprockets where we dance. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why that. let's, let's get into, um, some more of the motives. Yeah. Let's what, get into what, su- what the hell happened. Yeah. We'll give you a minute to take a, you know, take a sip of whatever you're right. You've got there. A bracing, uh, what do they call that? A belt of whiskey. <laughs> um, so in the, in the days and weeks after this, the investigators interviewed as many people as they could. They had um, a few suspects and they had a few theories that they were working from. Um, the, 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 the fastest, most direct uh, suspect that came to mind, Lauren Schlittenbauer, who was sort of a suitor of Victoria's, mm-hmm. even though um, it was commonly held in the village. I'm not saying it was necessarily true or not that Andreas had forbidden Victoria to ever marry again. Yeah. But it was their, their Victoria's story that Yosef was the son of, of Lawrence. Right. That Schlittenbauer and her had, had been a courting and, um, he had gotten her pregnant, but they didn't get married. And I assume there's all kinds of small town scandal about it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the initial theories was that he went into a jealous rage because, you know, there are these, these other, competing theories in the town in the gossip mill that uh young Yosef was actually uh andreas son yeah that he was the product of incest and, and this was finally there was a lot of other things going on at the time um because andreas and victoria they were wealthy people there was some money getting exchanged with Lawrence regarding this child that's right in terms of alimony mm-hmm. uh it, it gets a little dicey because now we say alimony, but they were never married. Right. Uh, and, and this is important for later. And I don't think we've said this yet. Um, Victoria's first husband died in world war one. Right. He was, he was killed. So it I, was Carl. I, yeah. And I don't, I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, but we'll come back around to it. Yeah. When she had uh, uh, Joseph from, from an account that I read, she went to, to Schlittenbauer mm-hmm. and said, this is this is your son. You you should claim fathership of of him. You know you you should speak up. And but Schlittenbauer said, uh, "No way, Jose. This one's yours and your daddy's." 
I'm I'm having nothing to do with this. In fact, I'm going to the police right now and report you both for incest. Right. Busted. And that that's where you get that conviction that may or may not have happened. If yeah, if that was the the connecting uh, uh This is what happens when you, when you live in a world we all make fun of him. But if when you live in a world without Mori Povich, what else are you going to do? <laughs> so we, we need someone standing up to determine if you are the father and have to take responsibility or you not the father and have to do an elaborate crab dance on stage. <laughs> right. And I wonder how many uh, people in the village would, would get up and be like, she next. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened was suddenly Schlittenbauer says, oh, you know what? Never mind. It is my son. Uh, I'll pay the alimony fee for, you know, and everything that, that I've incurred or right. whatever. And that, people think, owes to the fact that since Victoria and the family had a little money, she may have gone back to him and been like, listen, you've got you've to help us save some face. Right. Just say he's your son. We'll give you the money to then pay back, you know, for the courts or for everything to make it look yeah. like it's legal. And then we'll just say Andreas is the, is the guardian. And of probably him. enough on the side for a nice accord. Sure, sure. Sure. Sweet new pair of later hosen. Yeah, schnitzel all year. All year. All you can bonk schnitzel. <laughs> Maybe like, I don't know, 50 boots to fill with. Oh, yeah. Dunkel. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's he suddenly says, you know what? He, you know, the son is mine. He is my son. But they, nev- they still never get, get married. Uh, he actually goes on to get married and have a child after all that's said and done. And then uh, here's a weird thing. It was said that Victoria was gearing up to sue him for alimony. Yeah. Which doesn't like the, the I don't understand how that would even work. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not a lawman. Law don't go around here. Savvy. Um, but uh, you the first time, Mike, <laughs> Winner of the King. <laughs> Shut up, I. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Now it's just Tombstone for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Man, what a palate cleanser. I know. Um, that's how desperate we are for any levity. Like, oh, it's Tombstone. Tombstone. Uh, you remember Tombstone, you guys? Uh, you're a Huckleberry. Curly no, no, wait, no I'm not your, No, wait. If you're a Huckleberry. No, shoot. Looked like someone just walked over your grave. <laughs> So there was a thought that she was gearing up. She was getting ready to to sue um, Schlittenbauer, mm-hmm. waiting, uh, maybe waiting on a, a letter from the lawyer to yeah. come in the old post. Here's the thing, though. Like, if if that had happened, that lawyer would have come forward. I mean, because there's no consequence to it. All The, the whole family was, was killed. So there's no reason for him to withhold that information. There's no privilege to protect anymore. If that's, I don't know if that's how German law works, but I'm just saying if, if, if they had gone that far, then I would imagine a lawyer would have spoken to the investigators about it. And, you know, it, I'm just saying, I don't, that I don't, I don't see why that needs to be a rumor. I feel like that's something yeah. that could have been. Well, part of this, part of this theory, I think, I mean, gosh, it's, it's all such a stew right now. I, yeah, we might as well just jump, jump in and drink it all up. Um, Part chug of that stew <laughs> chug it stew chugger um i don't i know th- i know that was all like 
innocuous words, but it sounded so hateful and weird the way you said it that it, I felt like it was like a racial slur somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the way yeah. my brain just, like, yeah, stew sugar. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it, it's, it feels, it feels somehow wrong. Uh, and write in. I'm not the only one that feels like that. Well, I feel it too. So okay. you don't but have to write in. You keep saying it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone write in to tell Flora how wrong he is. <laughs> keep going. Um, so this ties in in a way, but okay, uh, I'll I'll just tie it in and then we'll get to the butts. Tie um, it in and get to my butt. The uh, uh, let's say Schlittenbauer did this in in a fit of rage. Okay, he wanted maybe he wanted to take take out the family so he doesn't get sued, doesn't have to deal with a child that may or may not be his. Oh, by the way, his child had just died. Oh, his child was freshly uh, uh, deceased. And now he may be getting sued for a child that wasn't his. That's a lot for a man to take. That's it's quite a bit. Schlittenbauer also lived just on the other side of the woods, just up the road. He was a neighbor, um, three hundred fifty meters away, and not not too far. As a neighbor, he was one of the people who went to do the initial investigation of the barn of <laughs> yeah. the farm. Yeah, that's. That's the thing. But before we get to that, even yeah, sorry, I'm jumping the gun. If if he were to have done this and stayed there, there's there's the theory that maybe he stayed waiting for the, to intercept this letter that was coming from a lawyer. Again, though, like you said, why wouldn't the lawyer just say, "Wait a minute, I sent them a letter, right?" Yeah, I was engaged to the following thing. If you're looking for any other information, I know that this. Schlittenbauer was engaged in this legal procedure that I was asked to begin and blah, blah, blah. So that was just one thought. But then again, a conflicting thing, the mail piling up at the post office as opposed to at the property. Although one one article I read made it seem like it was piling up at the property too. I, yeah. this, is, this is, and this is, this is already dipping its toe into why is this still unsolved? Right, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Schlittenbauer, one of the first people in, in there were three people to to go and find the bodies. He was part of that. And there's also the thought that he was one of the ones to gather people up to go look for them. Now, he was the one to unstack the bodies, pull everything out, jiggle the handles, wiggle the, yeah. uh, rust, rustle the jimmies. Yeah. Um, from, from one account, someone said there wasn't anything he didn't disturb. Yeah. And and there was uh and, and again it's so hard. I, I try to put my uh, my mind in the perspective of this is a small town in the middle of the you know nowhere functionally sure with lots of you know small town politics and gossip and um and and they're scared yeah I mean the whole family was just brutally murdered and so then it's going to make everyone look you know, uh, askance and askew at each other. And then you get these, these, these after the fact, uh, testimonials. Oh, Lawrence, he was just fine moving the, like he had no, just apathetic. Yeah. No. Yeah. uh, Even commented at the time that he's like, well, it's time to get these bodies unstacked. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah. And just very matter of fact, no, no revulsion, no horror, just, just getting to it. And I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not. There's the. There's a, definitely a kind of person who compartmentalizes in that manner. Yeah. That that they just shut it down, 
and just get to work. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe he was one of those people, but that reaction certainly didn't work in his favor in retrospect. And truth be told, maybe that's not entirely accurate. You know, it's, 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 everyone was very upset. And mm-hmm. then later on, he was just the one guy who was like, we just have to do this. So let's get through it. And one person is so horrified. They're like, how could anyone do that? He's so cold and callous. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm reading into it further, but I can see how that could easily be blown out of proportion. Sure. You sure. Know, the, and it's always, it's always thin ice when someone's like, oh, well, he didn't react the right way after that happened. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough thing to really hold somebody to because people I, react so differently to that kind of extraordinary, you'll never see it again in your life stress. Yeah, yeah. I can, I totally agree with you on that because I feel like uh, I get that way sometimes, especially like I've never witnessed a murder scene or anything like that. I was going to say, it's the last time you... Especially when I had to unstack those bodies. Right. You know, in in times of of pressure or or you have, you know, do or die kind of things, not not really again, but like when when everybody's freaking out, I... I can shut it down and just be like, what needs to be done? What, what are we doing? Let, let, let's start. You this. have no soul. It's obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> come on, man. Boy, doy. But I've been commented to after the fact that somebody's like, why aren't you freaking out right now? This is, this is a big deal. And it's like, because it's, it's really not <laughs> because we just need to do the thing and that's it. You know, yeah. so like I can, I can see a person just being like, this really sucks. Let's suss this out and, and, you know, see what's going on Yeah. while everybody else is, you know, like, oh my God. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's, a, it's a barn full of your dead neighbors. That's it. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it, that is so far off the scale that you can't hold anyone to a set reaction. Right, right. I just don't think you can. I mean, that... I mean, people are different, yo. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's beautiful. That's not true. Everybody's unique. <laughs> yeah, but there should be. <laughs> but keep in mind that, you know, ostensibly, as far as the record goes, he is unstacking the body of... of his the, ex-lover. The mother of his child, who is also dead. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but it is definitely, it is a, an unexpected reaction to that. Right, right. One other uh, thing of note, well, a couple of other things, but Schlittenbauer has a lot. The dog, the family dog, was oh. said to have reacted strongly. Yeah, further evidence that someone stayed there. The dog was just tied up, were you know, just taken out of the house and kind of tied up, not you know, just. Tied up to a fence where the dog goes, I guess. And and I read one account that said uh, on Monday, April the 3rd, I guess, uh, a mechanic had been by the farm and had noticed that their dog was tied up outside the barn, looked fine, looked healthy, was barking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Pomeranian, by the way, just to throw that out there. Uh, but then on Tuesday, when they went and found the bodies, the dog was tied up in the barn and looked hurt. Hmm. I didn't, uh, I didn't read that one. That's one account I read. And, um, it also said that it was very shaken and, and barking profusely at Schlittenbauer. Yeah. wouldn't let him near him. Yeah. And w- one, one thing that I read quoted him as saying like, Oh, it, it must've smelled the blood I, I got on my shoes. 
that was his excuse for why it was acting so yeah. so nuts to him. So that's that's another yeah thing. There's, there's a, yeah all these little little tiny none of them good enough on their right. own because things. it's that's you know it's anecdotal right it's it's just somebody saying oh yeah this did this and then Schlittenbauer's alibi that night apparently was that I guess since uh, Gruber Andreas had come and asked around asking if there's you know any trouble going on he had said I'm going to go off to our barn and spend the night in case there are burglars so I can watch for burglars. So apparently according to his family, that was his alibi for the night of the 31st hmm. because I guess he didn't stay there on the 31st. He, he was stayed out in the barn in there in the yeah. Schlittenbauer barn. Um, again, what, what's true? What's not? Yeah. Let's, let's go on. Cause we've been hitting, We've been hitting the Schlitten a lot. We've <laughs> nice. been Schlitten hitting like crazy. So let's look at some other options. Yeah. How about the uh, the ex husband? Right. Mean? Nobody was ever recovered from World War One. There was no uh, they there was no grave for him. They never found any remains. And so there is the theory that he didn't die. Finally made his way back to town. Was like, honey, I'm home. Wait, what? You what, mate? Yeah. Isn't it Yosef? You vatmate? Yeah, you vatmate? Swear on me, mom. <laughs> so, yeah. Five marks. Yeah, so he finds out that not only uh, does she have a, a son now that's not his, mm-hmm. that it might be from the father. And so he goes berserker and kills everybody. Yeah. This was seven years after the fact that yep. he was supposed to have died. Now, France and Germany are not that far from each other. That's true. I don't know if it was even in France, but but there the other members of his military unit came. Yeah, came they out to, they came out and they say no. He was hit by a. Um, it was like a, it seemed like an oxymoron, or it was like a a, a a bomb mine, mine bomb, mine bomb, mine bomb. He was hit by mine bomb. Yes, it was friendly fire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was he was it was he was caught in an explosion. It cracked his head. Yeah, and. His uh, the other members of his unit confirmed they saw him get hit by the explosion. They saw his corpse afterwards. He they say clearly, yeah. Was, they're like, yeah. you know, we had to get the heck out of there, but he was undeniably killed in that explosion. Yeah. Then there, there's also stories that in World War II, uh, some people reported a, a German-speaking Russian soldier who admitted to being the um, Hinterkaifeck murderer. Yeah. Uh, r- real quick on, on it's not called, it, the farm wasn't called Hinter uh, Kaifik. Right. The town was Kaifik. Hinter uh, is German for, for outside behind. of. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just around the back of or so. So um, that's where Hinter, Hinter Kaifik, uh, comes from. It's not yeah. a, not an actual proper name, but anyway, people claimed that this guy uh, may have been, the ex Carl mm-hmm. Gabriel um, now fighting for the Russians against the Germans, right? Years and years after yeah. supposedly dying, and uh, that's that's like that's like some Winter Soldier Marvel sh there. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He was um, he, he had a metal arm apparently. And <laughs> it's pretty pretty exotic theory, and and he was like, "Who's Bucky?" Yeah. Now uh, I've got a theory. Oh, great, great. Yeah, throw it out there. And, you know, this is completely made up by me, but, you know, maybe, maybe not. 
they were hiding someone in the attic, perhaps a much older product of incest that they, that they didn't tell anyone about. Oh, wow. And like, like, like an evil Bart Simpson kind of thing. I mean, Hugo. Yeah. And, and Hugo, and they ran out of fish heads. They ran out of fish heads and Hugo goes nutso. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Andreas went up to the, the attic and didn't see nothing. He saw Hugo cause Hugo has been up there or something like that. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a weird theory, but it's well at this point though, it in the bucket, you know, I also have another theory about, uh, uh, Lauren's. Schlittenbauer? Schlittenbauer. Okay. That if he was the killer, maybe he thought because of his connection to the family and his quote unquote son, if he thought that he would be getting the farm as a result, feed the animals. I had the question, what, what might've happened to the property since the whole family was, was killed. Right. So maybe he thought that he'd be inheriting it somehow or, or by some, by being the only associated person with the family by having this child that if he got it, maybe he thought, well, might as well keep the cows, you know, well, why would he not leave Joseph alive then? And he could have, if he really didn't want the child, he could have said, Oh, riding accident later, you know, well, or I'm not like saying that. all this follows logic. He could have sure. just flipped out. And then afterwards was like, Hmm, let me think here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how, I I guess the it, all the property would have fallen to the state or you know the right. the and police or whatever right couldn't very well take all their money because he lives there everyone you know yeah oh that was so such a tragic murder check out my new horse and buggy mm. you know like maybe maybe he didn't touch that money because he knew there was no way he could have it and get away with it that that's that's very interesting because it it's never brought up really that uh what what was going on with footsteps in the attic so some people are led to believe that geist yep are the cause it was an actual it was a a ghost yeah a haunting a supernatural paranormal force that uh killed all these people and i mean i can see if you if you're of that mindset you know this is even even if you would take all of the the incest items off the table it is still a house ruled by fear and violence and abuse. Yeah. And, and if, you know, if these are the things that attract that negative energy, then this, this farm was just overflowing with it. Sure. So I, you know, if it, that's, that's, that's thrown out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, one more thing that's kind of interesting, may or may not be connected. Victoria took all of her money out of the bank a couple weeks before all this happened and tried to anonymously donate 700 marks to the church yeah, for mission work for quote unquote mission work. But the priest was like, wait a minute, where'd the 700 marks come from? Victoria. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> and I sing. <laughs> but the rest of the money that she had, which uh, I never got a, an actual amount. Yeah. The rest of her money was never accounted for, I don't think, right? Mm-mm. So, hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it it this feels like you know that 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 particular kind of like cable horror drama where there's all these things happening around there's this one twisted family and 
you know, person A's got this thing on the side, and person B's doing this thing, and I'm trying it's, to... It's like, horrible murder she wrote. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like if FX did murder she wrote. Yeah. An American Ugh. haunting with, with Jessica Fletcher. Yeah. Gosh. Whereas American Horror Story, that's what it is. Sure, no. Whatever. G- German Horror Story. Ugh. Here's here's my question. Yeah. Let's let's say uh let's say it's Schlittenbauer. Okay. Cuz that's where that's the direction I'm leaning. Yeah, to, and, to be honest. And even um years later everyone's tried to crack this case. Oh yeah. It's so been, many it's been closed, it's been reopened, it's been closed again. They gave it to a whole bunch of criminology students and they said that they had a primary suspect but because they just simply couldn't possibly, they don't think it's solvable because yeah. um, all of the, the heads, the skulls were lost in at, world war two. Um, there's none of the initial or, or very little of the initial forensic information that they kept. What little they thought to take has been lost. Yeah. Um, but so they, they, they say they, Oh, we have a primary suspect, but we won't even release the name because it just brings heartache to the family, and we have no proof beyond that. They meant Schlittenbauer. I'm just calling it. That's who they meant. <laughs> I, I really lean towards Schlittenbauer. I mean, he's just too shady in this to 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 get away with uh, scot free. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, he had he had you know a lot of dealings with this family. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say he had motive. There's no. I I can't conceive of motive to do what he did. Well, the only motive would be. Because some 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 of them list crime of passion, you don't kill six don't, people in a in a crime of passion, right? Well, especially if if your mo is to lure four of them into a bar, yeah, one at a also, time. Also, if you have been stalking the property for days at months, least, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some that was my my question: how or why would he be there months in advance? Let's say six months. Cause that's when mm-hmm. the maid quit. If he was the one prowling around the attic and he just happened to either jump up Spider-Man style and hide on the ceiling when the, the father came up, or maybe he slipped out a window and hid on the ledge. I think that, I think that he had, I mean, okay. I say, I think as though I've seen this happen. I don't think it's, it's, it's impossible to imagine that he developed some sort of, um, obsession with the family maybe he found a way to get into and out of the house yeah or and, created and, and a so, way yeah and so he had been just hanging out in the attic clomping around then leaving you know maybe, finding, he, was, maybe he was uh uh ogling peeping tom style maybe you know i i just oh it's just so creepy to think and you hear these news stories occasionally about like oh yeah i found out there was a homeless guy who'd been living in my attic oh, for six yeah. months you know those very very in, yeah there was one was there was a woman living in somebody's closet. It was like a, a crawl space or something, right? Yeah. Like they, it was a homeless woman who was living in this, like you could, you could take away a section of the wall or something yeah. and crawl in there and replace it. And unless you knew it was there, you didn't know it was there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And apparently she'd been living there and they had kids in the house and the kids would complain about it here and stuff. And, and the, the parents were just like, Oh, that's kids being kids. But there was a, a vagrant in yeah. the house, a mountebank living <laughs> in the walls. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I don't know. I possibly maybe that's that explains the the clomping and the and the the footsteps from the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, could be going in there, getting up in the attic and stuff. But anyways, my my point was not a crime of passion. If that's yeah the case, just Agreed. a crime of agreed. Of, 
hatred. I mean, it could have been that he, his motive to me would have been, yes, if he was getting sued for alimony, his child just died. They're claiming that this child was his when he was 100% certain it was this terrible father, this terrible families. Yeah. I mean, I think that could crack a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Like, like I get, I get hung up on, on little details. Like how do you lure these people to the barn at night one at a time? There was one, one theory that said he had let a cow loose a night or two before, uh, just to see what would happen, who would come out. The, the father would came out and, and got it back in and they thought, well, maybe this is, this is a way to do it. My thought was, well, maybe he, um, had the dog tied up in the barn, the dog started going off. They were like, Victoria, go check on the dog since you're still dressed. Yeah. And then when she didn't come, come back, the kid who was still dressed, you know, was like, where's, where's mom at? And, you know, on from uh, there. And then, then it gets into super creep smell. But yeah, I like, Oh, I, I hate that because you, you start thinking about it and then your, your, your mind turns that corner where you imagine it. And then just instantly you're like, Oh, okay. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. But, he, here, here's the other point I was trying to make. He was married. He still had a wife. He still had uh, a house to keep and, and probably, I mean, I'm assuming a job, you know, or a or farm to tend. Yeah. How is he taking all this time away from all that to do all this? Right. In that case. How then, what was his alibi for the intervening days between when they were killed and when they were found. Right. You know, if his alibi was in the barn that night, that's, that's suspect. But then to live there for the next few days. And who's to say, you know, nobody, he doesn't have to have been consecutively there for two days. That's true. He could have come and gone. Right. Mm. It's it's a head. It's, it's juicy. Oh, it is. It's just cereal. Do that. You fuckers. Right. Try that one on for size. You you won't. You won't. I'm going to tell you right now. You won't because you don't have the goddamn balls. <laughs> oh, look at that. You're calling out cereal? I haven't yeah. listened to it yet. I don't know, man. Everyone says it's great. I have yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. I will. I just feel like I'm constantly disappointed by overhyped things. <laughs> any other any other tidbits? Boy, no. I, I, I'll tell you, like, you know, when you're researching it, you're 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 busy looking for information, not really processing it. You know, you're just writing notes. You're you're just looking. You're like, oh, where does how does this? You know, I looked for consistencies between stories and differences. But then when you sit down, like we just did, and really go through it, like step by step, it's like um, the uh, the last chapter of Dead Mountain, that really great book about uh, Dyatlov, uh, Donny Icar, the guy who wrote it. Um, and if you get the opportunity, it's, it's a great book. I read it over Christmas, and it's it's just a, a great account of Dyatlov. But the last part of the book is he puts together a timeline of what he thinks happened on that fateful night uh, on the mountain in in you know, Soviet Union. Kolotsyahl. Yeah. So he, you know, he says, "Oh, th- then this happened, and I think then the people that reacted this way, and then this happened." I just got to 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 have someone do that. Yeah, for this would be more than I would want. I, I I couldn't have that in me. I couldn't have that in my head. Well, it, it's also been thrown out there that maybe uh, vagrants or you know a wandering charlatan <laughs> could have right. It could have just been a, just an old style, you know, like every seventies horror movie ever, just a, a wandering lunatic. Yeah, but um, still doesn't doesn't add up. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you would have to think they would take money too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, and, and you know what? And I think aside from the appalling brutality of it, that's the real terror. The real spookiness of it is that it doesn't, none of it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't add what, up what in any logical. Yeah, you can't you can't say, oh, this is terrible, but I it happened because of these things. You can't come up with a reason. Yeah, I like your idea that it may have been uh, Schlittenbauer to get the farm to you know to actually receive it, um, and and just <laughs> maybe in his horribly psychotic um, planning, he didn't account take into account you know what that would actually take to to accomplish yeah and we should point out that the farm didn't go to anyone it was it was it was completely torn down in 1923 yeah there was a fire i think and then then they were like um this place yeah this is forever we don't we don't want this here anymore just because it reminds us of this so there's a tiny little memorial and that's it there was never anything that went back there apparently after the either after the fire or after the demolition that bloody pickaxe was found Really? I yeah. never heard that. From the account, it said it was found in the attic. Really? So, yeah. I didn't see that in anywhere. That, yeah, I read that in a couple places, actually, and that was that was a weird, it was just a little weird thing, it, in, and it made note of dried blood still being on it uh, and made it seem like whoever had done it had come back and repl- had, had placed it in there. they didn't know? find it during Because they didn't find it, yeah. They looked everywhere. So bizarre. Schlittenbauer. We're going to get it sued by the estate of Lawrence Schlittenbauer. The voices is weird too. If it was a single person, why would they be, why mm-hmm. would they be talking? A real out there theory is that Kazilia, the, the elder had been married before and it was either her in-laws at the time, or she had maybe a brother or a couple brothers and a, and a sister or something. And that, that maybe they had done it in tandem. A couple of the brothers Mm. Had, had come in and, and done the whole thing. I forget how that's exactly tied into it, but... What if it was Schlittenbauer and Victoria was helping him out, letting him in? I mean, it could be, you know, you know I, like I, I they could have... We can make up... I mean, it's just all conjecture and oh, supposition. Yeah. It's, oh, it's just it's just gross and, and sad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gross and sad, but it's an incredible mystery. <laughs> yeah. And another one of those... And, oh, by the way, hey... Listener suggestion. Thank you for suggesting this one because... Oh, yeah. It's true. This was a listener truly suggestion. Truly creepy. Yep. Truly creepy. Um, so I guess, I mean, aside from just endless conjecture, that will do it for the Hinterkaifeck murders. In a just a horrifying, sad, brutal, creepy, scary nutshell. Nutshell. <laughs> <sighs> Let's... Um, Let's do a little tombstone to cleanse cleanse the palate. And yeah, then, God, yeah, exactly. And hit the buttons. Oh my God! Prettiest man I ever seen. Sweet dusky hued lady Satan. My darling, you're not wearing a muscle. How rude! <laughs> Touch that gun, I'll burn you down. Well, that's why you're not wearing a muscle. <laughs> this mean we're not friends. <laughs> I don't think I could bear it if I didn't think we were friends. Why, Johnny Ringo? <laughs> All right, there we go. That's that. That feels a little better. Yeah, hey, you guys, you guys okay with that? You got anything? All right, Billy Bob Thornton is a fat idiot. <laughs> it's hard to remember that. That's Billy Bob Thornton. 
Which one? Um, Johnny Tyler, the madcap. She put that shotgun down. I wasn't gonna. Hunt. Oh, the one at the when he first comes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's sitting at the skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. That's that's Billy Bob Thornton. He's Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, I got it. That's a reason to rewatch. Doc, hell, I didn't know he was in town. Oh, I don't know. I can. Yeah, I can totally see it now. Yeah, right. Well, I don't. <laughs> You're gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to believe, and I I'd like to believe that uh, Kurt Russell just ad libbed, <laughs> skin that smoke wagon. Yeah. Oh man! I said, "Throw down, boy!" I said, "Throw down, boy!" Yikes! Yeah, smack, smack. Yeah, I, 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 I think we should put Tombstone Breaks into all, more that's, podcasts because it does feel well, better. Yeah. Hey, Flora. Yeah. Is that a listener mail? Because that sounds like listener mail to me. You know, listener mail by all our fucking listeners. It's puns by blurry fucking photos. <laughs> now, listeners, we don't want no trouble here, so we're just going to do some puns. And we'll be out of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, puns. I didn't know you was back in on the show. <laughs> Skin that pun wagon and see what happens. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, pun wagon. <laughs> you want to go first? You want me to? Oh, I don't care. All right. All right. Uh, Fox tried to, in order to cash in on a very popular TV program that had run as far as it could, they decided they would do uh, 24, but in the year 1924, and the, the hero was a uh, German farmer, Jack Schlittenbauer. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I've got a, I got a weak bunt here. Okay. Uh, got a bunch of uh, German farmers who, uh, who like to move cattle around mm-hmm. to different farms, and, and they would do that by prodding them with uh, – uh, pickaxes actually that's what Ooh. they used to to move yeah. them to get them going and stuff but uh people people just they didn't know how they got from one farm to another other than that is is, is the weird thing oh yeah yeah they were the uh hinter calfec herders <laughs> okay all right oh we've got a uh new uh sponsor for the podcast it's a uh it's a german law firm oh yeah yeah it's the uh, law firm of bratzelmeyer and hagelfuss They've got over 100 years, their firm has been around for over 100 years, exploring the depth and complexity of German alimony laws, which apparently make no f***ing sense to anybody, <laughs> but they are willing to go to bat for you if you need to sue the father to get alimony that you already got alimony from, even if you had to give them the alimony money to get the alimony money before. Bratzelmeyer and Hutzel first. We'll fight for you. <laughs> gong, gong. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, round us out here. Uh-huh. I've got a uh, a German farmer who uh, who liked to go around to neighboring farms and actually leave them little little treats, candies. Sometimes he'd, he'd like to, to snuggle with them or hug them, you know, the, the neighbors, just to make them feel better. And, like um, an Easter bunny. Yeah, and, and he was... Uh, the the thing is, um, he was always very quiet when he was in in the the house. Nobody mm-hmm. ever heard him walk around or any footsteps or anything. His name was Lauren's Kitten Power. <laughs> he had kitten mittens. Kitten mittens. 
<laughs> Is your Lawrence making too, too much, much noise? noise? <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> them's puns. Yeah, them's puns. And now it's the part on Sprockets where we listen to me. Klaus. Touch my monkey. Touch my nabashminki. All right. I've got a, a twofer. Oh, man. Oh, does it need to be pulled? <laughs> I lost mine in a chili dog. <laughs> gross. You're gross. <laughs> you can't use that for everything. You can't use that for everything. <laughs> you, uh, I thought you made the chili dog excuse. <laughs> it's like, you, Wait, it's okay. <laughs> uh, we have... <laughs> Why were you late to work? <laughs> you got stuck in a chili dog. <laughs> Again? Well, all right. <laughs> but try to plan your mornings better. <laughs> so we have two emails from Adam Firstman. Oh, how very topical. Yeah, as a Firstman. So Adam, so right now, this time, we are the Worstman because this... This time? We're, well, I'm clearing up some emails. This time. From December... <laughs> We're sorry. We're we're gonna get a supplemental. I thought we were doing better than we were. I know. I know. We're gonna get a supplemental going here because we do have some news after this after listener mail. So, uh, so Adam, we are the Versman, but here we go. <laughs> Guten Tag. Sorry, I haven't written in a while. He's been waiting for a pun that can even come close to amputators, which is true. <laughs> solid amputators. And he's also been listening to the Attitude Era and New Generation Project podcasts. Okay, which I he recommends them. I. I'm going to check him out. Already? Always looking for something to listen to. And he is, however, incensed about the King Arthur episode. Oh, no. A wonderful, insightful episode, to be sure, but he's very upset that we didn't bring back the King Arthur guy from Men in Black. I'd love to talk to you about this more, but i got to find out about King Arthur. i got to find King Arthur. <laughs> Just too much going on, and i, I, I got to find King Arthur. He's uh, convened with his council of peers, which is An- Anxious Tri-Tip and his dog. And while he certainly can't convict us of a felony, a penalty box worthy offense still indicts us for misdemeanor of failing to reuse an established character. It's like if we did an episode on snake fighting mammals and left out Jeff or an episode on famous (laughs) Irish breast enthusiast and left out Jack. (laughs) He's right. He's got to to fight out King Arthur. Gotta make it over. Oh, disappointed of the years, Adam Vostman. Thank you. And uh, follows up with this, which is a, a great, great thing. To He's writing to fill us in on a little Christmas exchange news. And I know it's late. I'm so sorry. It's on us. This is such a great email, though. Uh, Verstman and Anxious Tri-Tip exchanged gifts this year, and he bought her a board game called Talisman that I believe, Flora, you have that, right? I just bought the digital version of that. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, should, we should play it. Or if there's a digital version, wonder if we could have virtual game night. <laughs> uh, I don't know how it works. <laughs> let's, oh, he, he, he writes, let's be honest, we're all nerds here. You probably have heard of it. He's right. Oh, there you He's go. He's so right. Uh, and she gave him a handcrafted MS Paint certificate to be redeemed at a later date for one Blurry Photos t-shirt Yay! whenever we get a store up and running, nice. which we are so damn close to. Yeah. So he says, so no rush on the t-shirts or anything, but he's got an MS Paint certificate <laughs> burning a hole in his back pocket. 
Have yourselves a fappy Saturnalia. Yeah. The Verst of Men. It's so yeah, thank you, Verst Men. Sorry we're so late on that, but we are, yeah, we're 2015, man. It's happening. Yeah. And, uh, and the end of the season break is coming up. Yeah, it actually is upon you right now. <laughs> um, and I promise you we'll take that time and, and I guess, I mean, yeah, that's since the thing. It's, it's been so long. We, we, we don't have any equipment that broke, so might as well build new equipment that can maybe break next year. Yeah, so, so hopefully with the start of season quattro. I know, four seasons. We're, we are in, we are in the winter of our... on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got a new website. Nice. And I throw a little Aaron Neville in there for fun. Um, so, yeah. So, this is what you say. What can make? Don't look at your watch. I'm not taking a lot of time. A lot of time. I was Everyone getting a text from my lady. You get it on your watch? Yeah. Wow. I live in the future, dude. You son of a bitch. I know, right? It, it has its perks being a chrononaut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's keep this train going because we got, we got time for a couple more, I think. We heard from... That, that sounded like Wipeout. It was actually anime music for Lunar Kitty. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just imagine a, a cat surfing solar waves um, from the moon. Uh, Lunar Kitty's got a pun. King Arthur put Camelot where he did in England to get away from his stepbrother who was living up north. Did you hear about this guy? You, heard about you, this? Hear, this, you hear this? You heard about this? He was always bugging Arthur to let him be a knight to get away from his job of running a tavern and chicken farm. Who's going to take a knight named Sir Hinflagon seriously anyway? <laughs> Not Pendragon, <laughs> his brother Hinflagon. <laughs> oh, very well done, Luna Kitty. <laughs> very well played, Kitty. What ho, David Floor, and well met, for in this prithee we have a missive written in the elegant pen of Sir Queen. Sir Queen. Sir Queen. Well met, Sir Queen. Indeed, the honor is doubly mine, good sir, and thank you for acquiescing to our demands that you write upon us and share with us the news of your fiefdom. <laughs> Take off thy steel plate armor and stay a spell. Wouldst thou raise yon visor and salute us thus in the honorable manner of men of our station? <laughs> Jesus. I just want to do that until I get an aneurysm. <laughs> he's got uh he's got a pawn. Sir Quinn. Yeah. It's a new one. Yeah. Uh now that Blurry Photos is one hundred, it will likely turn into a yokai called oh! Buri photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sir Quinn. Nice. Welcome aboard. That's right. <laughs> An apparition that sneaks into homes while people sleep and whispers, y'all should go now. <laughs> Causing unease when the residents wake. Yeah. We do cause unease. We it's, are definitely very, very, very good at that. And we do slip into people's homes when they sleep. I bid you a good evening, Sir Quinn, in hopes that I might see you again within the fortnight, if it's not too important and on my part. Farewell, Sir Quinn! Hey! Raise the portcullis! Yes, sir. <laughs> no one let the peasant speak. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Quinn. Flog that peasant. I uh, heard from the meal rat. 
No! Where's that big old mill rat? Here comes a mill rat. <laughs> mill rat just wanted to say congrats on our uh, uh, 100th episode and make sure that we got the book that he sent very kindly. Thank you, mill rat. It's the German uh, oh, fairy tale yeah, book. We did indeed. Thank you very much. We should have mentioned Creepy. that sooner. What kind of dicks are we? <laughs> that that would have been that's topical as well. This is this yeah. listener mail ties in. See you guys. See? We we wait for for a reason. Yeah, it's, it's all carefully um, cultivated, curated mustache wax. <laughs> Got an email from Scott B. Ha ha. Better than Scott C. Ha ha. Slightly worse than Scott A. Ha ha. But the only Scott that writes. <laughs> There's wow. your yeah. There's your trademark and fringe theme song, Scott. <laughs> the <laughs> when when this episode finally gets up on YouTube uh, three right. years from now, uh, yeah, we're gonna get dinged yeah, for that it's, one. It's gonna. Uh, he's got a show suggestion. Ha uh-huh. ha. He uh, suggests we do a show about the uh, the Massachusetts and Salem, uh, Salem, Massachusetts witch trials. Huh. Which, of course, and he says he's absolutely right. There's plenty of information out there, huh. and let's not forget the glorious puns. Which puns? Huh? Which puns? Oh! There was an H and a, a, a T, and they're, they're different in different words. Hope this is helpful. Scott B., who lives one town over from Salem. So if you're looking to, to stalk listeners, there's a guy named Scott who lives somewhere around Salem. Go get him. <laughs> Go get him, ladies. He's just waiting for it. He gave us everything we need, like little breadcrumbs. <laughs> Thank you, Scott B. Uh-huh. I can't go through the whole thing uh-huh. again. <laughs> Maybe that's how we dutch it. It's it's like Scott B. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not the same. Uh, we got an email from Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin says hello. 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 Uh, Kevin is a new-ish listener. And first-time fan letter writer. Welcome. Baseball. He started listening uh, with the Palmistry episode. Nice. Wow. What a what a first one to to actually want to listen to more from. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm I'm so glad. You know who we haven't heard from in a in a while? Who? Bashar. Oh, hello, Bashar. Bashar. Actually, we never he- heard from him. We just thank God we'd only hear him. from his lawyers. <laughs> Much as we piss on him, he's got more money than we do. He's got dolphin money. Is what he's got. Um, so what's Kevin got? Well, he 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 says at first he was unsure about the podcast. Oh mm-hmm. no, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, he felt there was a ton of info, but uh, he wasn't quite getting the humor aspects of the show. And then um, then he got hit in the head with a crowbar. Now everything's hilarious. And then after <laughs> he 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 loves our show, and he can also smell color. <laughs> um. No, he says after he listened to more, he it, our humor started coming into focus and everything. So he uh, he appreciates it. So so thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for doing the hard work. Uh, and um, we are an acquired taste. <laughs> we kind of are. He he's back through the back catalog. He's upon writing this, he's at uh, Nautical Mysteries. But sweet, I think he's probably <laughs> made some headway since then. Uh, but he he's he's um, uh, smelling our our garden here. So he also has some puns. Bring out the bring the bring out the puns. <laughs> All right, he says if we ever do another wrestling intro and looking for cryptid pun names, might he suggest the Squonky Tonk Man? Oh shit! 
Oh my wow. God. We didn't know about the squonk when we did that, but God, that is so perfect. <laughs> wow. That, that's oh, amazing. Oh, that is absolutely happening. Yeah. You're going to hear about the squonky talk. <laughs> what? That's an, that's an amazing name. That's a hard thing. Like some of these puns we want to come up with, we haven't done the uh, a show or, or talked about the the thing. Right. Oh my gosh. So we we don't we we make it a rule not to incorporate that because what sense would that make? But and he's constantly trying, talk, trying to get people to ban the DDT. Yeah. Which is damn dirty tears. <laughs> he's got a useless superpower. Oh, bring it, Velcromancy, the ability to open Velcro silently. Whoa. Might be an actual superpower. Yeah. Because um, usually that's the dead giveaway that I'm wearing breakaway pants. Even in an elevator, they hear it and they know. <laughs> Sometimes it gets hung up. <laughs> and he gives us a, a show suggestion, which is really cool. And he says, uh, thanks and here's to 100 more. Oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> no, he said 100 less. No, no. he. <laughs> all that was good, but... <laughs> At the end of it, which I should have read ahead. All of this is a, a joke, psych. He says, you nerds, I'm a jock. Kevin, you can use my internet cool guy alias of Octobot if you prefer. Octobot? Ugh. Yeah, don't put those at the end, people. We need that information up front. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, well uh, met, Octobot. 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 <laughs> He's eight, eight kinds of awesome. Eight kinds of eight bots in one. Um, so thanks, Octobot. Welcome yeah, aboard. Thank Hope you, you uh, get through the uh, the catalog, and we'll try to get to your stuff quicker. Oh, and from the briny deep comes a rumbling that stirs not only the body but the soul. Who? What? And it is then that all of the believers don their darkened hoods and begin the ritual, for they know deep in their souls the Cthulhu hungers. Cthulhu Hunger writes us the following. The Dagon Raygun. Dagon, Dagon, Dagon. Oh, man. That killed us. Dagon. When we were putting together the G.I. Joe intro, we came up with a Dagon Raygun, and we were like, what sound would that make? And we just started going, Dagon, Dagon, Dagon. Well, we didn't use it, right? But it became a running gag between us. Yeah, we um, we were killing ourselves. IRL, that. yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, it says thank you for the peek up your skirts, gentlemen. Interesting to learn how my favorite <laughs> brand of sausage is made. And it's good to know you don't have Ken Height tied up in the back while he read letters. Oh, yeah. So because he was asking why right. we didn't include him. In there. We'll always always let you ha- peek up. I was going to say skirts. we are not coquettish minxes. <laughs> No shy violets here. You can see all our sausage and how it's made. Uh, he's sure that the 100th episode will be awesome. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Still don't know. Uh, he's got a useless superpower. Take it. You I mean, can bring it. You can. <laughs> I'm not what? drunk. Yeah, you're a mess. You, look, you can fly, but you look stringy dangly because Yogg-Sothoth has a tentacle up your hoo-hoo. Oh. Not a superpower. You're just a just Yikes. a meat puppet. <laughs> Man, little hungers, you're the coolest. Also says, I uh, just watched what we do in the shadows and uh, wants to know if we have any favorite movies to recommend. I cannot wait to see that. That is, that's the um, vampire documentary. It's the uh, two guys from uh, Flight of the Concords. 
Uh, have you not seen, like, look up a preview I, I for it. No. It is hilarious. And it's a documentary film crew following these, for lack of a better word, dipshit uh, vampires. Oh, okay. And how they've been alive for hundreds of years. And they just, you know, it's, it's really hard getting into bars because you have to be invited. And sometimes the bouncers just aren't having it. <laughs> so they can't go in. Well, all right. Um, yeah. So it looks great. Uh, any uh, movies, uh, movie recommendations, Flora? Uh, let's see. What have I seen? You know, one of the things we keep talking about watching, uh, and maybe our Australian listeners, if you've seen it, can you um, recommend it or, or not recommend it, is um, The Babadook. Yeah, that looks spooky and cool. Don't let him in. Don't let him in. Don't let him in. Don't let him in. Babadook. Yeah, that, that looks pretty cool. Um, if anybody's seen that, let us know how that looks. Yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to, to checking that out. I mean, my eternal movie recommendation to everybody, and uh, I don't, I don't care. I just don't care if people can't like it. But Flash Gordon, <laughs> from like eighty one, I think. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Flash. <laughs> Music by Queen. The universe. One of my all time favorite movies. Um, <laughs> we're still doing it. <laughs> Um, you know? No, but like for as far as new movies, I don't I don't get out I don't get to see theater movies very often. Hmm. So I went to see, I went to the movies uh, this weekend and had to go home because everything was sold out. Ugh! I mean, there was only like one or two movies I was. I guess to it's see. a big big you know it's Valentine weekend, Valentine's yeah. and, and President's Day here, but uh, right because yeah. everyone wants to see a movie on President's Day. SpongeBob was out. Fifty Shades of Grey. And these aren't ones I tried to get into. This Liar. Is, this is just Liar. how crowded it was. Liar. Kingsman. I was actually going to see Jupiter Ascending despite the uh, horrible reviews. Yeah, I want to see that and I want to see Kingsman. They look good. But I couldn't get into any of them. So I will say this. I did see a great documentary this weekend that's on Netflix. It's free. That's just called Superheroes. And it's about real life superheroes. People who decide for any number of reasons that they are going to dress up in costumes and defend justice on the streets of major cities. Crazy. And like what, what motivates them, what they do, what does their life look like? It's, I mean, it was fascinating. Um, I will not be defending justice anytime soon. Um, but anyway, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's the, that's a good recommendation. I'm gonna have to think that over, uh, Cthulhu hungers and, and come up with something better. Flora, I think you've got one, right? I've got one. I, yeah, I've got one. Actually, I, I just remembered I, I watched it, uh, last night. It, I think it's a couple of years old now, maybe even five years old. It's called, um, frequently asked questions about time travel. Oh, I almost watched that this weekend. Kim talked me out of it because it was on HBO go. Bad Almost move, watched Kim. It. Bad move. Whoa. Bad move, sister. It was it was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. Clever. Uh, has the guy um, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, from the IT crowd in it. Yeah. Uh, and and subsequent stuff. So yeah, if you're stealing HBO Go from someone. Yeah, yeah. Watch it. Check check that one. Out. I think you think you might like it if you're into our kind of stuff. It's a fun little sweet. Little noodle I'm thing. not to watch that this week then. Got one more here, and then we're gonna wrap it up. All right. Uh, we heard from uh, a new new writer, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Uh, she says she's a huge fan, but super shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Wait. Sometimes people who are big fans of our podcast, but also shy, possess limited psychic abilities. I don't even know why I said that. Keep reading. Yeah. Well, um, she says her two greatest passions are monsters and stand-up comedy. So we fall right in with, with her uh, world there. Welcome aboard the weird bus. She also was wondering if we'd heard of the Hinterkaifeck murders. Hmm. 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 Now everyone has. 
That's brilliant. Yeah. There you go. Uh, thank you, Katie, for suggesting this. Also, just just if you have any a lotto, week ago, if you have any lotto numbers, send them out. <laughs> yeah, just a week ago, we got a suggestion for this too from uh, the soaring buffalo of incredulity. <laughs> so, so apparently on people's minds. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Feel like we got our finger on the pulse. Also, don't know if we have if we've heard of the real life sci fi podcast, but she says it's pretty entertaining and. Oh. Check it out. She says they must be fans of ours because they do a lot of our subjects with stand-up comedians like Kumail Nanjiani and Kyle Kinane. Oh, yeah. That is um, the Feral Audio one. Yes, I have heard of that because that's – yep, I've, okay. I've heard of that. But I haven't, I haven't listened to the podcast, but I've heard of it. I wonder uh, wonder how much better than we are. Um, oh, <laughs> snap. No, he did not. Uh, thanks for writing, Katie. And, and don't be shy. Keep on writing if you yeah, want to. especially if you're psychic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. That's, that's what we got for this week, you guys. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to, this is going to be the capstone on our, our third season. We're going to take, uh, uh, a couple of weeks here just to get our, our back together. We will return blazing drunk and glorious for our annual yep. St. Patrick's day episode. Yep. Season opener. Yeah. And <laughs> opening ca- day. casket closer and casket closer. Liver, liver uh, destroyer. Yeah, so you've got that to look forward to. We'll, we'll probably have a few supplementals here and there. We definitely, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll probably so throw some things. You know out how there. we do. We can't so. leave it totally quiet because we love the sound of our voices too much. That's right. Don't forget to go to Facebook, uh, like us on there. Go to Twitter, follow us. Blurry underscore photos. Follow us on uh, uh, YouTube. Yeah, take uh, the donation challenge. Donate to us for every day until we come back. That'll teach us a lesson. That's right. <laughs> It'll shut us up. Go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos and get your free audiobook download. Yep, it's worth it. And that's uh, that's, that's what it. you can do. That's, yeah. uh, Cannot wait to see you on the other side, uh, even though we'll be cross-eyed and mostly blind from homemade moonshine. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photos... I have been David Hinterflorek. And I have been Dave Neingeist Stecco. (laughs) (laughs) Flash. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) So wonky. Yeah, well, we're really good at it. Do you have all the money that you're entitled to under the law? Nine. Do you need to sue the father of your children in order to get the alimony money that you may that you deserve even though you've already sued them for alimony money that they didn't have so you had to give them alimony money just so they could pay it to you? Yeah. <laughs> Bratzelmeyer and Hazelfuss are in your corner. Nine Geist! <laughs>